Hey friends, welcome to Girls' Night. I'm Stephanie Mae Wilson, and I am so happy that you're here. Each week, I have a girlfriend over, and we talk through one of the biggest questions we have about our lives as women. We're talking about friendships and faith and relationships and self-confidence, about our calling in life and how to live every bit of our lives to the absolute full. Life is so much better and easier and absolutely more fun when we navigate it together as girlfriends, and I cannot wait to get started. In today's episode, we're talking with one of my favorite friends here in Nashville, Kaylee Dickerson. Kaylee is a photographer, a writer, an amazing friend, and wife to country artist Russell Dickerson. Kaylee is wise and funny and warm and loves the Lord so much, and seriously, she has so much wisdom and encouragement for us in this episode. I cannot wait for you to meet her. In our conversation, she gives us a behind-the-scenes look at what it's like to be on the road as a country artist. We're talking about God and how to seek Him and where to find Him even when life is busy. We're talking about dreams and goals and how to keep going even when everything seems to be telling you no. We're talking about fulfillment and joy and where she's discovered that comes from. We're also talking a lot about relationships in this episode because if you follow them on Instagram, you've seen that Kaylee and Russ have become relationship role models for thousands of people across the world. And truly, that is just the beginning of the things we talk about in this episode. You guys are going to love Kaylee, but before we jump in, there's something I wanted to make sure y'all know about. So, I don't know about you, but I tend to read so much more in the winter than I do any other time of the year. The second it gets cold outside, I cannot wait to curl up in front of a fireplace with a really good book. And so as you're curling up this winter, there's a book I would really love to share with you, and it's mine. It's called The Lipstick Gospel, and it's the story of the worst breakup I've ever been through and how God put my heart back together from it. It's a travel memoir, a story of transformation and hope, and if you're going through a breakup right now, or if you could use some encouragement in your faith, or if you're wanting to get closer to God but don't know how, or if you're struggling to say yes to the plans God has for your life, if you're feeling shame about some past mistakes, or I don't know, a million other things, I would just love to share this book with you. You can either download a copy of the book for free, yay for free books, right? That's the best. Or if you're a paperback girl like me, we have those too. You can pick them both up in my shop. It's smaywilsonshop.com or through the link in my Instagram profile. I'm at smaywilson over on Instagram. The other thing is, if you've already read The Lipstick Gospel, which I know lots of you have, I wanted to make sure to tell you that we have two new books to go along with it. I recently came out with a Lipstick Gospel prayer journal and a Lipstick Gospel devotional. They're tools and resources to help you walk towards a more fulfilling relationship with God, with your life, and with yourself, and you can find out all about those in the shop as well. Okay, without any further ado, here's my conversation with Kaylee. This is gonna be fun. Okay, now that we have our coffee, and now that I've spilled coffee all <laughs> over this room, um, you guys, I am so excited for what we have going on today. I have just a sweet friend of mine here at my house for girls' night, and I'm so like just over the moon about you guys getting to meet her. So, Kaylee Dickerson, can you just take a second and introduce yourself to us? Tell us who you are, what you do, and I, I gave you a warning for this. I want to hear your fun fact. Well, I'm Kaylee Dickerson. I'm originally from Wisconsin, but I've lived in Nashville for 10 years. That's crazy, by the way. Yeah, it's like a decade. Yeah. Yeah. I've, I've almost lived a third of my life here. That's crazy. I can't even... We're not new here anymore, but we're still kind of new, yeah. so like I can't imagine that being the case. Yeah. Okay, that's amazing. I go home and everyone's like, you sound like a southerner. I'm like, well, I'm inching up on half my life being there, so... Seriously? Yeah. Uh, I am lots of things. I'm actually a little ambiguous on the job description. (laughs) I was a full-time photographer, missions photographer, and then I retired. Like I like to say, I retired. Yes. And now I just do all of my husband's photo video on the road. And even there, I'm retiring. I'm I'm losing jobs by the day, which is really great. Yes. 
and I've started writing things and hopefully that's more the path of a future job than taking pictures even though I love taking pictures but I'm ready to move I'm ready for a new phase of life yeah yeah okay so if you're taking pictures for your husband Tell us why why are you on the road with your husband <laughs> yeah. and why do that? So my husband, his name is Russell, and he sings country music. And we've been on the road since we've been married, so four years. He's been on the road longer than that, playing shows. His song just went to radio and our lives are changing pretty much by the day. It's so crazy. it's good. It's fun. It's I think we've traveled at least two hundred days this year. It's crazy. Crazy. I can't believe we were able to manage this. Like, I can't believe we're yeah. sitting down to together. Like, I kind of was like, all right, Kaylee's going to be on the podcast, but it's going to be, you're going to be in like some back room in a stadium somewhere, <laughs> like on your phone being like, Shh, guys. <laughs> yeah, keep actually- it down, Russell. Could you keep your show a little quieter? Yes. No, we're actually here. We're drinking coffee. Kaylee has a thing, which you guys are going to want to follow Kaylee and, and keep up with her. I know you're, if you don't already know her, you're going to after this, so you're welcome. But Kaylee is known for a couple things. And one of them is her love of coffee. And so she's really has a thing called coffee with Kaylee and we're drinking coffee with Kaylee right now. We are having coffee with Kaylee and we're having a girl's night with Stephanie Mae Wilson simultaneously. It's like a merging of worlds. This is amazing. It's, it's my dream world. We're in it. We're living in it. Here we are. Um, (laughs) Kaylee, I'm, I'm so happy to have you here. You and I have been friends for like, the whole time we've lived in Nashville. So I think like three and a half years now, because you were really one of my first friends here. And which is awesome because, well, you were one of my first friends here, but Carl already knew you. Yeah. You guys have known each other since I was a sophomore in high school. I think he was maybe going into college. Is he that much older than me? I don't, I don't know. He was, uh, maybe he was going to be a senior. Okay. Something. I don't know. But yeah, I've known him since then. And we worked at the same Christian camp together Crazy. few years and then I he lived in Georgia and I saw him one time when he was in college yeah he got ice cream or something I was like I have a friend here that's <laughs> Carl yes oh that's awesome and that's it yeah oh that's awesome and then we had um we actually have had your sister-in-law Hannah um who's another one of my girl favorite people um Hannah's been on our podcast she was our season one uh finale guest um but we actually Hannah and I talked about how we met and um I feel like I try to give a plug at the beginning of each podcast episode about how I've met these guests because every single one of these friendships started with like just saying yes and just being bold and going for it. And I know a lot of us are in different places where we're trying to connect more with new women or like make new friends. And um, so Hannah and I met because when Carl and I moved to Nashville, we had a different friend in common. Carl had a different friend in common who said, you need to meet Hannah and her husband, Tyler. You guys will love them. And Hannah and Tyler happened to be going on a canoe trip. And so they were like, sure. Like, uh, hi guys, like come on this canoe trip with us. And my reaction was no, (laughs) I do not want to go canoeing at the crack of dawn on a Saturday. But we ended up going because we were saying yes, because we just moved to Nashville and didn't know anybody. And the whole time we're canoeing, we ended up hanging out with you and Russ. Like, I feel like our canoes might have been tied, might as well have been like tied together. Um, Because we just got to hang out the whole time and it was awesome. And then you were so sweet to invite me to be part of your small group. And so we were in a small group together for like a while. Yeah, like two years maybe? Yeah. It was a long time. At least a year. At least a year. At least a year. Yeah. You would drive, make the trek all the way out to my house in Nashville traffic. Oh my gosh. And we'd make coffee and coffee coffee with Kaylee. Kaylee. (laughs) Yes. That was before that was a thing. And popcorn. 
and Kaylee's thing was like coffee and popcorn, which that is my fun like, fact. I could survive on coffee, red wine, and popcorn. Perfect. Perfect. Yeah, it's my dream life. Oh man, you'd always yeah, we'd always have coffee and always popcorn mm-hmm. and talk about Jesus and get to know him better. It was just the best. Yeah, it was, was so, so good. sweet. I loved our small group. I did too. That was oh. before we were gone all the time. Seriously, I know. But here we are, still having coffee. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. We'll make some popcorn after or something. Yes. <laughs> um. So Kaylee, I there are so many things that I'm I'm really excited to hear um hear about from you, and I'm so excited to have you here because I just love your heart. You are. Um, you are so talented in so many ways. You are such a great friend to so many people. You are so wise. You love the Lord so well, and he's using you in such amazing ways. And so we have like a thousand things that I want to ask you about. Um, but can you give us a little snapshot of like what, you know, you, you kind of told us a little bit about Russ and, and what you guys are up to these days, but give us a little snapshot of like, what does life look like for you these days? What, what do you guys have going on? Well, a normal week is typically we're gone at least Wednesday to Sunday. We usually leave town Wednesdays, show Wednesday night, Thursday night, Friday night, Saturday night, sometimes Sunday night. If we're lucky, we get to come home Monday, Tuesday and do it all over again. Crazy. So it is. It is the most insane season of our lives, but it's really rewarding seeing everything we put our hand to over the course of four years and... So many of those years were silent years and just believing for a miracle years and then now seeing it, even though it's busy, it's still an answer to so many of our prayers. So it's worth it, but crazy. And we barely see our friends and we barely see our family, but at least I know we love them. We're just loving them from Nebraska and then Roanoke, Virginia, and then it's crazy. So Russ has been playing, has been traveling a ton for shows, and you guys have been on tour with a couple different people lately, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, we did the Thomas Rhett tour in the spring, and then Florida Georgia Line in the fall. Crazy. And those were epic, and they're just some of our best friends, so it was such, it was, we were still given friends even while we were away, so that was so sweet and kind of the Lord, because uh, we could have been touring with people that we either don't know or don't love, or, yeah. and we just still had our friends, so that was incredible. And other than that, he's just been radio, radio, radio. Every, I think he's been to every single station in America this year. Oh my gosh. Yeah. That is insane. He's, he's Superman. I don't know how he's doing all that. It's crazy. Well, and then you've been going with him, right? For most of it. Yeah. Maybe probably 75% of the radio things. Because sometimes I have to come, I'm like, we are out of clothes. Like, I have to go home. And someone has to do laundry. Someone has to vacuum the house. Hopefully we'll just get a a maid because Lord knows I'm not trying to spend my one day home vacuuming. For real. No. I'm over it. No. I'm over it. Game over. Um, How did you guys make the decision for, like, uh, for you to be on the road with him? What did that look like? Kind of never, it was never another option. We, when we were friends and we were talking about dating each other, I remember saying no. <laughs> he was like, I like you. I was like, no thanks. Not interested. Because I knew what he was supposed to do. And I was like, that means I'm a single mom at home someday, you know, while you're out playing shows. And we might be married, but I'll be doing life alone. And mm-hmm. he was like, no, no, no. I want my family with me. I don't want to do it that way. I want it to be different. And so then I was like, okay. All right, let's do this. So then we started dating. So before we even started dating, we talked that out because I was just so uninterested in that. Yeah. Like, no, don't don't want to do it. 
So then when we got married is when I started going on the road. And at that point, we were driving ourselves, which we still occasionally do. But tour bus has literally changed our lives. <laughs> uh, but for the first four years, we drove ourselves. So and anytime you'd go to a show, you guys would be we like drove. road tripping. Yeah. Yeah. And so I would drive. I can white turn a trailer like you can't believe. Oh, my gosh. Uh, I used to sell the merch. I used to do all the photo and video. So... It was all hands on deck just because we didn't have the money to pay other people. And so there was no other option. It was never like, well, maybe you should stay home because I was never just a bystander. You've always been a part of it. Yeah, we've always done it together. So it was never like, oh, she's just like an accessory over there. It was never that. Not that anyone is because that road life is crazy. But yeah, it was all hands on deck. So we didn't really have another choice. Yeah, no, yeah. that makes sense. Um, I have to brag on you really quick because, um, Kaylee, you have done all of Russ's. When you say photo and video, like that's so true because one, you single-handedly shot his. Uh, not it wasn't his first music video, right? But it was like yeah, his first real one, first not, real like, music studio video. one. Yeah, but like so most of the time, like when you picture the behind the scenes, you're picturing like cranes and giant studios <laughs> and all these people or whatever. But Kaylee, you single-handedly <laughs> put together this music video and I remember you did it when we were in small group together because I remember we came over and you were like you guys will never believe it you know we there's this shot and Russ is walking behind a truck and you're like lightning was just lighting up the sky it was perfect and you also know this in his music video for yours he's making out with some girl and the girl is you <laughs> and it's because you set up a light in your backyard and got it just so and then went to make out with your husband yep. as like the the love scenes yeah crazy that was when everyone had said no like every label in town had said no every everything no one was gonna play a song and we're like well I guess we have to do this for ourselves and I'd done music videos so I was like well why haven't we been doing this the whole time it was kind of like we were just praying for something but never putting our hand to the plow yeah and we're like well this is just gonna fall from the sky like no like we had to start working and then everything we did God just showed up and mm. it was just the death we learned what it meant to co-labor and I think we'd just been waiting for Jesus to be like, here you go, here's your gift. And we're like, just waiting and waiting. And finally, when we're like, oh no, we're going to put our hand to the plow, we're going to do it. We shot that video. That was the first thing we did. I love that. And we drove out and our friend Ben drove the car and he played the, the song over the speakers and we popped the hatch on the back of the SUV and drove down the road over and over and over until storm and the storm was rolling in and rained at the end. It's amazing because we can't even take credit for it. Like, I, he could have done that same thing, but without a storm, it, it would have been like, boring. It was next level. So I'm like, yes. I couldn't do that. I just prayed for it. I was like, God, it would be really great because I knew it was going to rain. And we were just doing test footage, honestly, because I was like, I want to be sure I can do this. Yeah. And and then the storm came rolling in and we're like, oh, I think this might be it. And he almost just wore like workout shorts that day. And I was like, why don't you just get dressed just in case? So the whole thing was just for test footage. Yeah. And then we got out there, and I was like, God, if, if we could have some lightning and then the, the rain could fall, that would be amazing. And But I was like, if the rain could come at the end, once we have all the takes, that'd be even better. <laughs> sure enough, it's exactly what happened. Oh my I was gosh. like, well. And I have a friend, he does like really epic music videos and stuff in 
in LA and I told him what happened. He goes, do you know how much you would have to pay for that? Like, I was like, I'll tell you what, that prayer cost me nothing. Like how much is lightning actually? <laughs> so like, much money. Yes. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Okay. I'm going to have to link to it in the show notes so everyone can watch it if they haven't seen it already. Um, the other thing that you've done is that, um, Carl and I got to go to Target the other day and buy a copy of Russ's album, which by the way, is in Target, which Oh yeah, you I fangirl over that. Like you and I run into each other at Target so many times. Like Target is like our second home. Yeah. So that's a big deal. Um, but also you took the cover photo yeah. for it. Like you've taken all of his photos for, um, yeah, for his new album. So your photography's in Target. Yeah. Yeah. It's weird. It was cool to hold it. Cause I was like, this is hashtag, this is us. Like, yeah, it's his songs, our story our lives set to songs and then my pictures and his face. So it was just all of us in, in one little thing that you can buy Target. And I'm like, oh, and shout out to Carl Wilson who did the yours on the front, the handwriting. Yeah. That is Stephanie's husband. Crazy. He's amazing. And he's done all of our graphic design. So shout out, Carl. So fun. So yeah, fun. It's in the family here, it you know? Was totally. It was so fun. Yeah, it was so fun to walk up in Target and like get it and be like, we love these people. We believe in these people. We're so proud of them. And to be like, yeah, Russ's songs, Kaylee's photography, and oh, by the way, that's Carl's hand. That's Carl's hand. I love that. Well, okay, so um, when... When I think about your journey, and I want to hear a little bit more about it, um, there's this quote that comes to mind, and I heard um, Carl and I are, like, we haven't watched it as much lately, but we've been big Shark Tank fans mm-hmm. forever. Love, Love it. Love um, it. And there's this quote that Robert Hershevik said, and he said something like, I'll have to look it up and see what the quote was exactly, but he said, like, it takes 20 years to be an overnight success. Mm-hmm. And I love that. And when I think about um, the journey that you and Russ have been on for the last several years, it's I feel like people could be like, I just heard of this guy. His name's mm-hmm. Russell Dickerson. Like, I just started following Kaylee. Like, we love them. They just appeared out of nowhere. <laughs> and that's not true. Right. And I think that, you know, every once in a while, when when you're building something new, it can get really discouraging because sometimes you're working your tail off and nothing is changing. And I think it's just really good. I mean, that's that's true in every part of our lives. You know, we're working really hard. Things aren't changing fast enough. And, and it feels like nothing is, nothing is being accomplished. And it seems like it's happening faster for everybody else. And I think it's so encouraging to hear from people who it seems like it's just happening for them Mm -hmm. to get to hear some of the backstory of like how it happened. So you mentioned that people have said no to you guys. Can you talk a little bit more about just like how you've got, because things are, a lot of yeses are coming your way these days. Like how, tell us a little bit more about the, like, has it been an overnight success? Uh, No. (laughs) Uh, And that was the word. No. And it was a long ride and Russ grew up in Nashville. So he was never the new guy on the scene. No one had heard of, which I think was part of like, you're not a prophet in your own hometown kind Mm -hmm. of vibe. And so he, we went to every single label, mostly him at that point, because we were just dating and would play for them and they'd be like, we're not going to say no, but we're going to say not now. And they would say it over and over and over. And I was really disheartened just because we, w- we would watch our friends succeed alongside of us. Like we came up at the same time as a lot of different people that everyone does know their name. And I think part of the reason Russ is successful is he never resented them hmm. and he never was angry. He chose to just be thankful and cheer them on even though that meant like standing still, what felt like standing still. And that's one of my favorite things that he's done on this process. Like we kept the same friendships, even though they blew up before our eyes. And he was just so patient 
and I was scared that we were going to have to, because how labels go, you kind of have to suck up and make everyone think it's their idea. And, you know, and I was like, at some point, this is going to work. And someone who couldn't see it, we're going to have to suck up to them and pretend like this was their idea, even though they'd said no. Hmm. And I was just kind of like accepting that. And I was like, this is going to suck. And sure enough, and I actually, we were in church one day and I had this vision of an Atlantis and I saw the water part in front of us and there was this island and there was like this massive fortress and I wrote, I was like, for some reason this feels like this is our team and it's being hidden from us and everyone else. And this was probably a year, I think it was a year before he got offered his first record deal from a label that came out of thin air. Literally, they formed a brand new label with Sony New York and whatever. So my greatest fear never actually happened. And they saw it from a distance and they're like, we're going to do something with this. And like, this is our first artist. This is our, and they just got behind him and they got it. And if we had wanted to be with something else, it would have looked so different. And timing was everything. It didn't even exist when he was originally shopping for labels. Like the climate in country music was so different. And I learned so much that we were like, oh, are we not ready? Are we not prepared for this? And it wasn't that. And if anything, it was waiting for the climate to change. Yeah. That was like conducive to him and what he does. But in the meantime, I was like, are we not ready? Are we not are We not doing this enough? Are we not doing mm-hmm. that? And we're like, what's wrong with us? Yeah. And the Lord was just like, I got you. Just keep doing it. Just wait. Yeah. Just wait. I'm like, okay. I feel like Carl talks about this all the time when it comes to dating and relationships. And and he says, timing is everything. Like it can be the right person in the wrong time and it's the wrong person. Like it just, so, so the fact that you were doing the right things and doing the right things and and you were the right people for the job and, and you kept showing up and it just, the circumstances needed to change and you just needed to wait, but Mm -hmm. they changed and they, things have been happening. Yeah. It's crazy. It's so insane. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. As many of you know, I recently wrote a book, and while it was the most rewarding project of my career so far, it also came with a lot of hard work and long nights. And sometimes when things started to feel a little bit overwhelming, I needed to get a few things off my chest so I could clear my mind and keep the writing process flowing. And the thing that helped me so much to sort through those feelings was therapy. Now tell me if any of this sounds familiar. Maybe you're going through something really hard right now, a big loss or a gigantic life transition. Maybe you frequently feel anxious, depressed, overwhelmed, or just generally discouraged. Maybe you really, really, really want your life circumstances to change, but you don't know how to actually change them. Or maybe you're feeling stuck as you try to work through your past, navigate your present, or figure out your future. Friend, if you can relate to any of this, you're not alone. I've been there and therapy has been the thing that has helped me more than anything else with all of this. In the last 10 years or so, I've learned that strength isn't proving I can do it on my own. It's knowing that I don't have to. I'm at my strongest when I have a full support system around me and an essential part of my support system is therapy. Therapy can be absolutely life-changing. That is, if you can afford it and find a therapist you like and trust. But of course, this is easier said than done. And that's why I'm so excited to be partnering with this week's podcast sponsor. Our sponsor for today's episode is BetterHelp. 
BetterHelp is the easiest and most affordable way I've ever found to find a great therapist. It's entirely online and super easy to sign up. You can get started right away. And if you don't love the counselor you're paired with, switching is easy and it's free. If you're going through something hard in your relationships, or if you're in a funk you just can't shake, if you've been feeling anxious or depressed lately, or if you're feeling stressed and you need help balancing your everyday life and schedule, BetterHelp is an incredible resource for you. And I'm so thankful that they've given me a promo code that I can share with you to make it even easier to get started. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com slash friendship today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash friendship. Shout out to Claritin for supporting this episode and providing us with samples. Friends, springtime is finally here, but that also means allergy season is in full swing. I have always struggled with allergies and I don't know about you, but I am especially allergic to cats. More on that in a second. Well, luckily for those of us who live with the symptoms of allergies, we can live Claritin Clear with Claritin D. Designed for serious allergy sufferers, Claritin D has two powerful ingredients in just one pill that relieve your allergy symptoms and decongest your nose so you can breathe better. This double action combination of prescription strength allergy medicine and the best decongestant available relieves sneezing, a runny nose, itchy and watery eyes, an itchy nose and throat, and sinus congestion and pressure with ease. The time that I use Claritin the absolute most is when I'm at my parents' house, my childhood home. They have this absolutely beautiful cat that they love and I like, except for the fact that he sheds so much. So that means that I'm basically sneezing from the second I arrive home to the second I leave, unless I take Claritin. My dad has even started having it ready for me right when I walk in the door. Are you ready to live life as though you don't have allergies? It's time to live Claritin clear. Fast and powerful relief is just a quick trip away. Ask for Claritin D at your local pharmacy counter. You don't even need a prescription. Go to Claritin.com right now for a discount so you can live Claritin clear. Use as directed. Claritin, thank you so much for sponsoring our girls' night. We love having you. Okay, so this is... I love this question. And actually, I'm pretty sure that Russ is the first person I ever asked this question to. Because, so when we moved to Nashville, I mean, I didn't know anyone who did music, like, at all. And I mean, I still don't. People are like, have you heard of this band? Have you been to this venue? I'm like, no, whatever. Um... Do you work in the music industry? No. no. <laughs> um, I don't know anything about it. But um, I think when we were on that canoe trip, I remember asking Russ, like, okay, convention aside, like, you know, all the answers you think you're supposed to give aside, what's something you've done that you're, like, ridiculously proud of? Something that you think is so cool? The thing that you can only call your mom or your best friend to go, guess what happened? And, like, you can't tell anyone else because it's bragging maybe but it's those are the things we're so proud of and the things that are like really cool to hear about so um I want to hear it, it doesn't have to be like the number one because that's yeah. hard but what's something that has happened in the last couple of years where you've been like holy moly this is awesome this was amazing oh uh, one of them would be he headlined a festival in London oh uh, that's awesome but they were like here he's playing a show in London we're like cool no one's gonna know who we are we get there, and not only is he playing it, he's the headliner. 
and there were thousands of people there and they were singing his songs. <laughs> and I was like, what is happening? Like more people were at that show than his shows in Nashville. Oh my God. And I was like, what in the world? Like what is actually happening? And then like as the tour kept going on and his song's been on the radio, different places in the States with like Florida Georgia Line tours and whatever, he would hold out his mic and people are singing the song. And you're, it's like, oh, I'm not the only one who knows this anymore. <laughs> I'm not the <laughs> only one just like, jamming it in my car. Yeah. Like it's, yeah, seeing the country recognize a song is mind blowing. But then seeing something in London. Yeah. You're like, this is not real. And, like, we just got an offer. For, he's playing in Australia this next year. I'm like, what is actually happening? Like, are you One Direction now? Like, what is going on? Why is this a global thing? That's And that's it's so, so cool, cool because, like, like you said, you guys have been putting your hand to the plow. You guys have been mm-hmm. doing everything you can to make this happen. But, like, it's almost like I picture, like, a kid um, pushing a plow and then, like, his dad comes up behind him and, like, pushes behind mm-hmm. him and it goes so much further and faster. Um, yeah, that's exactly how it feels. <laughs> God is doing things that you couldn't, like, you guys are doing everything you can, but Mm -hmm. the results are so much bigger than anything you could ever do on your own because God's blessing it. 100%. What would you say to people? I know that there are so many girls listening that are trying to do things, and you know, whether they're trying to sing country music or not, I'm sure there are some of them. (laughs) Um, But whatever they're trying to do, when you're in the thick of it, when you're like, we've gotten a thousand no's, this isn't happening, Mm -hmm. like, this isn't, doesn't look like this is going well, what encouragement would you give to them? What would you tell them? I would say get work out in the while you have privacy, work out what you need to work out in the privacy of your own home because I've we're realizing that more and more that we're just so grateful that we had a couple years to figure out who we were, what our motives were, what made us happy, what we were expecting to make us happy. We worked that out so that there's so many people who are just given success and it happens so quick and then they get to the top and they're still not happy. And they're still not satisfied and they're turning to all these different things, making tons of mistakes because they're doing it in the public eye. So honestly, my biggest advice is be happy on your own and don't expect these things to fulfill you because they won't. And I'm so grateful we'd worked that out. We didn't ex- ever expect this to make us happy or feel fulfilled. Like fulfilled, we're grateful and it's very gratifying but it is not fulfilling. Like if anything, we've been taken from more than given to mm-hmm. in these last, you know, few months. Just traveling and you need to go here and you need to meet with this radio person. And you need to meet with that person and have dinner with this person and small talk with that person. And it's great and we love meeting the fans and we love, it's kind of feels like a family. But at the same time, you're moving so quickly that everything just, it's like, you know when you take a trip and you have like a layover on your way to Europe or something and you're just traveling for 10 days and you're exhausted? Mm-hmm. That's kind of our everyday. And so if we were expecting this to fulfill us and make us happy, it just wouldn't work. Yeah. And I don't even want to know what we would turn to. Like, honestly, the only, legitimately in non-Christianese way, like Jesus is the only thing that keeps us alive mm-hmm. and like afloat and happy and grateful and not sitting there and being like, oh, this is terrible or we're so tired. And you guys got the chance because it happened in the timing that it did and it didn't happen right away. Yeah. And there were times of like, you know, planting seeds and not seeing anything grow. Like you guys were able to build a foundation and know, yeah, who you are, solidify your marriage, solidify, like Russell's able to practice, you know? I mean, I feel like if you're put on stage way before you're ready, like you're not going to do well. And he wrote songs for, he's had a publishing deal for 
five years, maybe six, of just writing songs. Like, it took five, six, seven. He's been writing songs for about seven before he even had his first record. And I'm so thankful. Oh, my gosh. When we think about the songs he would have put out when he was going to labels, it would have been terrible. Like, it's fine. They're out there if people can hear them. But it's it's not him. He was just – he had he didn't know who he was. He didn't know what story he wanted to tell. Yeah. And he was trying to be like Josh Turner and trying to be like Keith Urban, and he just wasn't himself. Yeah. So that time, while it felt like forever, it was so worth it. Just hang on. Keep going, guys. Keep Mm -hmm. going. I love that. Oh, I love that. Um, So this is kind of a, on a slightly different topic, but um, I remember having this conversation with a mentor of mine when I was in college and I had, or it was like right after I'd graduated college and I had just become a Christian and I was trying to figure out like what I was meant to do in the world. And I wanted to like be an ambassador. I wanted to, for God, like I wanted to, to make a difference in his kingdom and for his kingdom. And, um, and I remember talking to her and saying like, so I need to be like a college pastor, right? Because I, I hadn't seen anyone else. I didn't know that you could make a difference, you know, in the kingdom of God or for the kingdom of God, if you weren't a pastor or a missionary. And so those were like my two options. And I remember her telling me, she was told me a story about a friend of hers who I think, um, has some crazy high powered, high paying job in New York and, um, but loves the Lord so much. And is, and she goes, Stephanie, like, who else do you think gets to share about Jesus with people in these rooms or people in these spheres or, or like, like the missionary in, in, you know, wherever in Africa, it can't talk to that person. They're not in the same room. They're not in the same circles. They're not friends with each other. Um, and so she just like really helped me see that, no matter what your career is, no matter what your, your group, the group of people you're around, like that's your, you have, you have an ability to make a difference for the kingdom anywhere. And it's really important that we're in lots of different fields because how else are they going to know who, mm-hmm. like who else is going to tell them? And so, um, you and Russ love Jesus. You love Jesus. Yeah. And you guys are also in a, a community and in kind of a sphere that's not, I mean, it's not normal. Not normal. It's not normal. Not it's normal. very weird. So you guys, I know that that God's been working you guys, working in and through you guys in really big ways. Like, can you talk to us about that? Like, what does it look like to be a Christian in country music? Like, yeah. you went to the CMAs the other night and looked amazing. <laughs> Thank you. But like, Kaylee, as you're walking the red carpet, <laughs> like, you are not in normal severe. What yeah. does it look like to be a, be a Christian and also like share the light of Christ with people? in your life these days? It's, it's just normal. Like it's no different than Russ treats Jason Aldean the same as he does the girl who packs our groceries, you know, like calls people by their name is intentional and yeah, that matters. But I think partly why we've been given that sphere is because we actually don't care. <laughs> like, like about the, the- they're, yeah, they're just the same as us. And if anything, I have more of a sense of urgency with people who have influence because it's so easy. It's so easy to get trapped in like people worship you and it's that can puff you up and it can feel that way. But really it's just so empty and we know that. And so what's interesting is when I was, I realized it once Russ and I got engaged, but when I was in high school, I had this vision of me sitting side stage at a show or backstage and I was sitting on a couch and I was talking to someone and I was like, oh, so I have, this is what I'm supposed to do. Because I want, I kind of wanted to be a counselor, quite honestly. Like, if I was going to have a stationary job, I would want to do family and marriage counseling. 
because I'm obsessed with marriage and life and love and stuff. And I was like, okay, so in order to be able to, because I wasn't under the illusion that it had to be in church. Yeah. Because I have a brother who's a pastor and I'm like, I can go out and do the churches anywhere we go. Yes. So like, let's do this. Granted, we did get stuck in the trap of starting church after church. We kind of did that because he's a pastor's kid. We grew up, we had to break the cycle because <laughs> we were just so addicted to like leading life groups and it was so ingrained in us that we didn't know how to not. Yeah. And eventually the Lord gave us a dream of several dreams about leaving and doing whatever. And it was the beginning of this season hmm. as soon as we stepped out of that season. Yeah. And God's like, okay, yes, you can do that in this sphere, you, but yeah. you also can do it somewhere else. Yeah. I'm going to teach you. Yep. And so I was in high school, I had that vision. So I went to school for music. I was like, okay, so in order to do this, in order to be in a position that people want to talk about stuff, I'm going to have to perform. Hmm. And I hate performing, but like I did music and I liked it sort of. I liked writing. I did more musical theater. Anyway, totally different story. So I get to Nashville and I'm like, I hate performing. I hate this, but I was in music school and that's how Russ and I met. Hmm. And so eventually I was just doing photography full time because that's what I liked. And then when I went on the road with him, I was sitting side stage and someone started opening up about their life. And I was like, oh my gosh, this is it. Like, this is what you showed me. And I, I, th- I thought I had to go a certain path to get here. It still got me here. And it's just the most rewarding thing because people are so timid, especially people who've never been to church. They don't want to be at church. They don't want to talk about church. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the way they just open up to you at a bar when you're having a glass of wine together. and Because that's, that's the stage he's been in is playing clubs and bars and which is not my favorite place to be. I'd rather be at like a wine bar than like a bar bar. For sure. Yes. <laughs> but it's fine. It's fine. It's a phase. And yeah, so that's when I was, I never really thought I had to be in church to be doing it. And it's the most satisfying thing. Like friends who have gone through major life changes will be in that sphere. They're like, will you pray for this? Will you pray mm-hmm. for that? And we've kind of come together and have our own small group unofficially we don't meet certain days but like if something's wrong we text each other and it's so beautiful to me because it's it took us a long time to break the religious mold over our lives because we were so used to it looking a certain way yeah and then god just started moving in different ways than we were used to and so into it i'm so into it (laughs) so you guys are you guys are small group leaders. Yeah. You guys are missionaries. You guys are, you're a counselor, like, and you're doing it in bars at country shows and in buses as you travel all around and in airports. And, um, that's amazing. Yeah. I love that. It's very fun. Yeah. Oh, it's so good. Um, Kaylee, you, uh, I love that you just said that you're so passionate about marriage and, um, and I see that all over your life. And, and I know that, um, something that I think has been really, so you, you said that, that it's never been an option for for you to or for us to travel without you. It was yeah. like, okay, fine. If you're doing this, we're doing this together. Also, you need each other. So yeah. it's like it's not like yeah. it's not a one one man or one woman show. Um, but uh I love that. It's and I don't know if this is like necessarily how things are done anymore, but I feel like sometimes um musicians are sort of like they need to appear single hmm. so that all the girls can be like, Marry me, whatever. Like I'm sure I yelled like Marry me just yeah. to like a million times. Um, but like Russ is so clear about the fact that he's very taken and you guys are so clear about that. Like you're with him so many places and so many places where he's interviewed, you're interviewed and, 
you guys have made it a thing where it's like when he's singing these songs, it's not for the girls in the audience. It's for you. And people have like gone nuts about that. Mm. What has that been like? How did you guys, did that just sort of happen or? Yeah, he's just an authentic kind of guy. Like he doesn't record songs that aren't him. So that helps. And yeah, it's funny. It's funny to watch people freak out. I did have an actual funny story one time. I was at a show and this girl was like very, very drunk in the front row. And she, like, went up to the front and started dancing in this, like, little skinny dress. And not a ton of people were there. It was, like, early, early on. And I walk up, and I don't care. Like, everyone's always like, oh, my gosh, are you just, like, appalled? I'm like, no. Literally, a girl could walk up to Russell completely naked, and he'd be like, are you okay? <laughs> like, he is just, like, the most honorable human you've ever, ever met. Yeah. And so trust is obviously everything. But I walk up, and this girl, she knew who Russ was. I just stood next to some girl. And she turns and sees me and she goes, oh my gosh, she like starts to freak out. And then she starts to pitch a fit about this girl in the front. And it became this like fan war. Like she was just like, listen, any real fan knows he is married. And she was like so angry. Oh my <laughs> this gosh. Girl. And she goes, are you okay? I'll go up there and say something. And I was like, I'm fine. It's totally fine. Oh and gosh. I was dying like it just oh. it, she was like listen real fans know he isn't she is not a real fan and she just like wanted me to know that <laughs> I thought it was the cutest thing that's ever happened it's to okay me. it's okay I'm like it's so fun and the, the boys like they just like they would see her and like avert their eyes and I was like they're just the best people so mm-hmm. it didn't matter I'm not worried about it but it was funny it was real funny well and you guys have kind of made it um a kind of a mission to like be an example um, mm-hmm. when it comes to love and marriage for the people in your real life. Yeah. But also for people who are following you guys and following your journey, you posted something about PDA recently. <laughs> and I think I have it here. I want to, um, yes. Okay. I, I have it here. So I want to read this. Um, so Kaylee posted this on Instagram the other day or maybe like a week ago, mm-hmm. or a couple weeks ago. And I just, everyone and their mom was like, yes, like all <laughs> praise hands. So Kaylee said, PSA about PDA. Public displays of affection are better than public displays of aggression. People are reluctant to hold hands or kiss in public, yet they have no problem bickering in the grocery store or at a dinner party. I don't know about you, but I can't stand the tension of couples fighting or taking jabs for all to see. Throwing your person under the bus runs both of you over. Kiss them, compliment them. The world needs to be shown how to love, not how to fight. I feel like you guys, is it kind of, it's kind of weird having someone read you. I was like, oh, I read that. That's cool. Um, Yeah, it's really good. Um, you guys have, have been, I, I don't know if maybe it was like, I'm sure it just kind of was natural at first, but I mean, you know that people are watching you guys and, and taking notes for how to, how to treat their person and, um, for how to love each other and how to honor each other. Like, what does that look like in your life? And, and how, like, is that something you guys are consciously doing and and how do you do that? Not really consciously. I, that stemmed from seeing a couple fight in the airport and, because, you know, we live in airports and I, it just made me sad. And all of a sudden I was just sitting on a flight with, I don't think the Southwest Wi-Fi was working. And so I was like, I'm just going to write this out and I don't know what I'll do with it. And it, it came from, because that desire to be a counselor, like that's there in me and the desire to help. So a lot of times things actually are happening and I will be conscious of, wait, film this, like do a story of this date night, like this is happening anyway, but people need to be, like I said in there, like they need to be shown how to love 
and not how to fight. And I just feel like everyone is pointing fingers these days. And I'm like, no, no. Like, we just need to love the world with our own two hands and show, I guess, show people how to do it. Because so many people are just pointing fingers and this is wrong and that's wrong. And I'm like, okay, just make something right then. Like, show something right. I'd rather do that than anything else. Everything's wrong. Yeah. I love that. And so you guys, I mean, you guys are so intentional with loving each other and you guys love each other so much anyway that you're like, okay, well, we have enough examples of hate and anger and bickering and messed up couples that like, okay, like this is what we're doing. And if you guys want to do this too, like do this, do it. Let's let's try it this way. And we're still figuring it out. Like we've established traditions and we're just trying to do it. And I don't know. I kind of feel like I'm more conscious of love and relationships and marriage just because I am so passionate about it that it's like a lot of people are more business oriented or this or that and I'm just not that's not something I'm thinking about like new business models and plans (laughs) like I'm thinking about this so I'm like why don't I just at least share to the people who are thinking about that and don't have like the mental space like why not help them out Mm, I love that um you guys um you know, we've talked about how much your life has changed in the last couple of years and the fact that you guys have, Russ has played 200 shows or something this yeah. year and that you live in airports. Um, something that's been really present in my life lately and that I've been thinking about a lot and reading up about a lot and working on is um, like, how do I spend my time and making making the, the right things the priority, making time for the right things and um, and that's really hard. And I think that, like, I know that every single woman listening is feeling like she doesn't have enough time um, for the things that, that she wants to devote time to in her life. Um, she's feeling really busy. She's playing, feeling pulled in a lot of different different directions. And um, I'm just going to go out right uh, right out there and say that I think Kaylee is busier than all of us. <laughs> no. <laughs> I mean, yeah. really, like, you guys are gone all the time. Yeah. You have people around you all the time. So if anyone has a reason to not have time for their husband or not have time for, um, well, let's start there. If anyone has, has a reason to not have time for their husband, it's you guys, like you guys don't have built in time to do anything together. So how have you made time? Like what, what does that process look like as you're looking at your week ahead? Like how, cause you do, you like, you guys do have date nights in hotel rooms and, um, little adventures. Like, you know, it's, it's one of your birthdays. So you're going to take a couple extra days in New York while you're driving yourself from one place to another or something like that how how do you guys do that well I love that you think I'm great at time management I'm so not like you can teach me a thousand things I need a planner like yours because it's adorable oh yeah I can hook you up Uh, planner but Emily Lay I know I need you to make an app Emily Lay thanks so much I don't have space in my luggage for that does she have an app Uh, I think she did but Carl's working on oh thank god Carl you're my hero on so many levels Um, so many levels uh Honestly, for me, I grew up in a big family, so everything was mostly spontaneous. So that helps. I'm not very like, this is this day and that is this day. And it's like, we take the time when we can find it. And we do have the luxury that we are together. So even if we spend more time together than 99% of people, I'm pretty sure. So that really does help. At least even when it's chaotic and even when we're in dinners with other people, we're still together. Mm-hmm. So that really, really helps. It's more like, when do I have time to vacuum and clean my toilets? <laughs> because I'm never there. Or like, when do I have time to do the laundry? Or when do I have time to see our friends? Yeah. And we've learned to be more intentional, but no is probably the most powerful word we use. Because mm-hmm. 
we learned probably a year and a half ago, right before this got really, really crazy, I was all of a sudden felt like I was like, we need to start saying no. And we were saying no to weddings we were in town for, like available for, Hmm. because we only had one day that week. And I was, I would ask Russ, like, how do you feel? And if we weren't that close, we would just be like, no, Hmm. we can't. Like we can, but we're not going to. And we're going to do this instead. And we would have a date night because we're not going to have more small talk in another setting of, so you're in the music business. How does that work? And you're like, mm-hmm. oh my gosh. Um, yeah, so we're pretty pretty good about saying no to a lot of things. Other things, not so much, but we're getting better. That is the most powerful thing you can possibly do. Or when people need help, which that happens a lot, and they'll be like, can you come over for this? And we're just like, No. And it's so hard. That's like the hardest thing for me. I'm like, no, I have one day home. Like you have to have other friends that can help you because Mm -hmm. I, I have one day home. I can't, I actually cannot like me helping you is not helping you at all. Um, gosh, it's so funny. So before we started recording, Kaylee and I were talking about the Enneagram, which I think, I think we actually have an Enneagram expert coming on the podcast this season, which is so fun. Uh, Can I come? Can Um, I just sit in the corner? Uh, yes. You are always invited. Um, and so we're going to be talking more about that because I know we've actually mentioned it a couple times, um, so far this season, but Kaylee and I are the same, yeah, pretty, we think close. pretty close, the same number. I never really know. I need that expert to break me down. Totally. All right. We'll call her in. Um, <laughs> but part, I think part, something I've been learning about my personality is that saying no is impossible yeah. for me. Like it is so hard for, if, if someone says, Hey, like, can you help me with this? If I possibly can, if I can scrape to the mm-hmm. very bottom of the bucket and give them anything I have left, like, I feel guilty not doing it. So how do you, it's, anyway, it's a total process, something I'm really working on, but how, how do you decide? How do you decide what's, where you say yes and where you say no? If, and how do you get over the guilt of saying, of saying no? If it affects just me, I have a harder time saying no. Hmm. But as we've gotten busier if it affects Russell, it's an easy no. Hmm. Just because he has so little left in him from all the traveling and all the stuff that if it requires something of him, I say no immediately. Hmm. Just because I'm like, he has nothing left. Even even if he would probably say yes. I've gotten very protective of him, which has then turned, I've gotten better myself. Yeah. So that helps a lot. Just because that's an easier gauge. I've because me helping him, it's all a big cycle of helping. <laughs> yep. Me saying no to helping someone else helps him. Yep. So I'm still helping someone. Yep. And now I just need to see it as helping myself. Yep. Which is tricky. Which is weird because then you feel selfish and you're like, well, no, like I should be thinking of others more. And I'm like, no, no, no. Because there's things that I know I'm supposed to be doing and working on and I'm not. Yep. Because I'm helping everyone else. And when I get to work on the things I'm working on... That will help so many more people. Yes. The reach is so much bigger. bigger and I'm learning. It's hard. I'm learning. There's a book. Um, my best friend Kelsey and I have been reading this book. Well, she read it a while ago and has been recommending it to me. My baby sister has been like, read this book now, Stephanie. And it's only, only recently have I been starting to read it. But it's called The Best Yes. And it's by Lisa Turkhurst. And it's all about how do you say yes? What do you say no to? Like how to decide? And that's one of the things she talks about. She says, you know, we say yes to this little thing here and this little thing here and this little thing here. And then we never have time for the thing that we're meant to do in the world. So for her, it was, you know, one of the biggest journeys was writing her first book. And she was saying yes to all these little things. And so the book was not getting written. And she felt really guilty taking time to write this book. But that book has helped so many thousands and thousands of people. It took a little bit of 
it, it feels like selfishness, but in the long game, that's not selfish at all. It's hard. Yes. <laughs> it's really hard. Yeah. But that that's exactly it. Yes. Yes. So good. Okay. So we have some last minute kind of podcasty questions, but um, before we get there, I want to ask you just a couple more things, Kaylee. So one of them is, um, how are you taking care of yourself and spending time with the Lord these days? Which like is, I feel like your whole everything has been turned completely upside down. Like you don't even have your own bed anymore, basically. No, yeah, basically. Um, like you don't have a room you can go shut the door to. And so um, even though like I know it's 100% imperfect in all of our lives and I know in yours too, what things have been bringing you life lately? Like what things have you been able to do that have been filling up your soul and um, helping you rest and helping you spend time with the Lord? Well, that'd be a great question because I feel like that's not really the case. Um <laughs> We just really haven't had time of rest. And when I think about it and really break it down, like God gave us probably three full years alone at home. And he was maybe playing 50 shows a year. And now looking back, you know how you have nostalgia for things in the past. I remember living in our little duplex next to Miss Kathy with her cat (laughs) <laughs> and our wood panel on the wall and already like God just gave us this gift of nostalgia in the moment. Hmm. And I remember knowing what was coming. And I guess that kind of boils down to faith. Like I knew what was about to happen. And I just enjoyed this sweet season where we made $12,000 for the year, <laughs> like shopped at Aldi, only bought two buck chuck or box wine. And we just had this sweet season of quiet time every morning and praying and walking around the house. That's our favorite thing to do. We like, we call them prayer marches <laughs> and we'll like walk and pray. And just cause I don't know, it kept us, Russ really has ADD and I have it obviously too, a little and kept us from getting so distracted. Like mm-hmm. you could just walk and when things came to mind and you would pray and we like to go to Radnor and hike and we still do that. I guess that's the life giving thing currently, mm-hmm. but we did it back then. And now I've learned more than anything that the goodness of God towards us has nothing to do with us. And we were just so ingrained in the principles that you do quiet time in the morning and the Lord will bless your day and you won't have a flat tire and you won't run out of gas. And it was just such bogus (laughs) that we did it almost as like an insurance policy. Hmm. And as we got busier and crazier and he's playing going on stage at 10 and our flights at 630 the next morning, like, no, there's no, there's no time for that. Like, and we were running on the reserves and the, the storehouses we had built in those years of being quiet and being alone and building ourselves up and learning and growing. And now we have such a storehouse to draw from, but it's also not this place of, we need to do this for God to bless us. Hmm. Like it's been the most blessed year of our lives and it's the least quiet time we've ever had the least praying we've had time to do because we always did it together and now we're always with people Mm -hmm. and that's okay and I had to learn to give myself grace for that and I think God's just really taught us that it's his grace isn't conditional his goodness is not conditional on your quiet time or any of that Mm -hmm. and it's not this checklist which we really had to get out of the mindset and it's not for him like he was just teaching us you don't do quiet time for for him he's got it he knows it like he's fine it's us he's like i'm doing this for you to help fill your weary wandering soul Mm -hmm. and so whenever i needed that i knew where to go 
but it wasn't so methodical. It wasn't like, okay, well, here's my to-do list for the day. But then it's really sweet when we do have a day home or we do have time for a walk and we like walk and pray because we just established this grounding in ourselves that when we need it, we walk and we go. Mm-hmm. But it's just so different. It's not to get something out of God or to receive something from God. And if we pray and fast enough, he'll bless what we're doing. Like, no. He's like, I'm blessing you. Go. Just go. I love that because, like, to me, that is set. He's such a good dad. Yeah. Because, like, one, he didn't say, like, great job, Keely and Russ. Like, you're spending time with me every day, so here I shall bless you. Like, (laughs) he didn't say that. But he did give you this time to ground yourself in him Mm -hmm. and to really know him so that you do have this full storehouse of things you can pull out in this season where you you need more yeah. because people are asking things of you so you need more to draw from and you don't have as much time to put anything in the well. So like I love that he was so intentional about that season and I think that too it's really good to remember that while um I feel like I am a little bit more structured like I do need Yeah, I admire it, that about you. Oh, well, thanks. <laughs> <laughs> um, like it's it's like it's good for me to have that time every day, but it's a really good reminder that we can think a little bit bigger than just a day. That it's not like spend a little bit of time with him in the morning and then he'll bless the rest of your day. It's like, it's, it's one, it's not a cause and effect relationship like that. But two, it's, it's bigger than that. Like you guys don't have a whole lot of time for quiet times in the morning or quiet times whenever um, during your life right now. But it's, it's bigger than that. If you zoom out, you've had yeah. so much time with him to really root yourself and ground yourself and establish yourself. And you're able to use so much of it now. And so like, I feel like God really on kind of a micro scale and a macro scale. Like he fills us up and then, and we get to use what he fills us with, but it's not, I love that he was so good to show you that even in seasons where you're not like quote unquote earning it, like that you're not earning it. That's not ever what it's been about that, that he's blessing you like crazy, even when you're not doing whatever the checklist says you should be doing. And he's like, it's not about that, but I love that you're able to draw so much from this extensive quiet season that you had. Um, to be able to pour out. If it really feels like the Joseph, like preparing for the famine, like it felt like we just stored seven years of grain, and we're just living off of it. Yeah, you know. And it, yeah. honestly, it feels like that. And we do know what to draw from. And like nine times out of ten, Russ is getting ready for a show, and our worship music's on because hmm. it's something that we can listen to because we don't have time enough to slow down really, and. In that, like, there's just those little things. Like, it looks different in different seasons. And in this season, like, that wor- worship is what keeps us going. Yeah. Because that still reminds us what's, what's important. Right. And I mean, it shrinks you back, you know. And it's you're so worth small. it. Yeah, yeah, you're small. We're tiny. Yeah. We're so not important. Yeah. And it's reassuring to just, like, have a perspective shift. And it's good. It's crazy, but it's good. I feel like... The other thing that's really cool about that is just the reminder that it's really important to have that time of like storing up, Mm -hmm. you know, because you would be running, like you said, like on total empty right now, more than you already are. And you'd be reaching for things that can't fulfill you. And so like the fact that you did have that time and whether that time is a little bit every day or whether that time is you have, you know, several years of getting to really like focus on the Lord or, um, you know, like seasons, whatever it is, storing up is really important Yeah. because you need to know what to come back to. You need to know where your eyes, where to focus your eyes on, 
um, like this is what fulfills you. It's not fame or success or a killer dress on the red carpet or uh, this boyfriend or whatever it is. Like those aren't the things that fulfill you. It's, it's the Lord that fulfills you and having that time of filling up because we're lost without it. Mm -hmm. Um, but I can't fathom if we didn't, if we were actually like running on fumes. Oh, I can't fathom. It'd be terrible. It'd be so bad. We wouldn't even get to enjoy the, the goodness of this season. Yeah. Oh, gosh. Yeah. Thank you, Jesus. Hmm. Um, Kaylee, I know that you have spent um, a lot of time and energy um, helping Russ with his career, that it really has been such a like a mutual thing for the two of you. Um, but I would love to hear, I know that you you said you've been working yourself out of a job, um, <laughs> so you're no longer um, going to be kind of the primary person taking care of all those things. What's next for you as just Kaylee? Well... Now that you ask, I've been working on a book. Yeah, you have. Kind of secretly, but apparently now not so secretly. <laughs> uh, Hannah announced her book on the podcast also. Well, look at this. This yes. is the spot. Yes. Um, yeah, I just... Coffee with Kaylee has become a thing, like we were saying. And so in the last... It's been a slow process, obviously, because, you know, not much time. Uh, but I've been writing a book as if I was having coffee with people I won't get to have coffee with. Because that was one of my favorite things, like, when I had time. And in college, it was, I would have, like, three coffee dates in the same day. Or, mm-hmm. like, one a day. I just loved it. That was my favorite thing. And that's something I really miss traveling. And so, most of those conversations boil down to the same, not equation, but I mostly dealt with girls with broken hearts. And this, why doesn't he love me back? Or why... And how do you date? How do you find someone like Russell? I can't tell you how many messages I still get that are like, how do I find someone like Russell? And it's very cute. So the book is, if we got to sit down and have coffee together, what would we talk about? Mm-hmm. And I'm, I'm pretty proud of it so far. I think it's going well. I'm hoping to get more done. I told you I'm trying to work when Russell works. Like when he writes, I'll write. Mm-hmm. And he hasn't written much lately because this year. But January, February, we're going to have some more time home, hopefully. And hopefully I don't fill it with other things. Yes, best yes. My best yes. I'm going to work on my best yes so I can finish this book. Yes. And I don't know, release it. Do something with it. I love that. Yeah. I love that. Um, okay. Uh, I I know that the girls are going to want to follow along with you. And, and you've been writing and sharing just such beautiful and encouraging things, especially on Instagram lately. So I'm going to make sure to link to that in the show notes. So you guys go find that so you can follow along with Kaylee. Thank you. Coffee with Kaylee. <laughs> um, but okay, before we go, I want to ask you my three podcasty questions, which that's not a word, but I've made it a word. Um, the first one is, what has God been teaching you lately? Ooh, well, honestly, what kind of what I talked about earlier, just that his goodness isn't conditional. Like, and it had to be a season where I couldn't, quote unquote, perform for mm-hmm. him. He kind of just forced us into this season of, I'm still obsessed with you. Even if you don't spend time with me the way you traditionally spent time with me. Because it was so easy to just do your 10 minutes and then... But without that, it feels so much more constant and it's so much more, what does God want to say to this person? And what is, it's more in step. So it feels different, but it's honestly, I kind of feel like it's better in some ways because I've been more reliant because it wasn't just something like a shot of coffee in the morning to get me through. It wasn't like that. It's, it's now 
it's more constant. And it's not always, I'm not, no one's got that down, but it's, it's learning that I don't have to walk into a room and be like, be light, be hope. Like it's in our nature. It's it, we are like, you are the light of the world are like, it doesn't say be the light of the world. Like you are. And it's just resting in like identity and being like, because I love Jesus and he's first to me, walking into places automatically have to change. Hmm. Like there can't be darkness and people love to be like, oh, you guys are in such a dark industry. I'm like, it's not dark because we're there. Hmm. It can't be. Yeah. And it's people are like, oh, you're going to this city or that city. Like that's such a dark place. I'm like, why are you speaking death over places? I'm like, no, go and be a light there. There are lights there. Like, see them. Be them. And once I, I kind of removed that pressure of lift every room, you know, I was like, no, I don't have to do that. Just being there and being like, the Spirit of God can change anything. Mm-hmm. And if he's with you, he's the one changing it. You're just there. Yeah. So much less pressure. It's oh awesome. my gosh. I love that. Um, that's, oh, that's so good. Um what is something kind of random that's been bringing you joy lately? I know you are like the queen of like great recommendations or great, <laughs> like I feel like I have, yeah, I have a whole storehouse of like Kaylee, Kaylee promos in my head of things you've been loving lately. So. Well, I set up my Christmas tree. Yes. And honestly, that's bringing me the most joy possible right now. I go home and I light my Christmas candles and I have my Christmas tree up. I was like, it's so early. I did not even care. I put it up like three days after Thanksgiving or after Halloween. Okay. Here's my philosophy on this. And like, I feel like it's maybe important to note that your brother is like king Christmas tree as soon as possible. Oh, he's an elf. He's a real life elf. When your, uh, (laughs) uh, your sister-in-law is like more scroogey about it, Hannah, (laughs) and also Carl Wilson also scroogey about it. So we have this conversation all the time, but the thing that like I have come to, the conclusion I've come to is if you are going to miss sections of the time between Thanksgiving and Christmas, you should be able to make that time up by setting up your Christmas tree in advance. Uh, this is why we're best friends. I already did the math on our days home. Yes. And when yes. I added up our days home between Halloween and Christmas, it was 20 days. Okay. So you're already behind on the We were already behind Christmas. schedule. We were already yes. 10 days late. Yes. And honestly, the days we had before Halloween, I think we would, in order to fit the 30 days that are between the two or 31... Uh, we would have had to set it up October, like, 2nd. That's too early for me. Yeah. Anytime after Halloween, I never take my tree down, and I'm like, gee, this was up too long. No. Never. One time, I had my tree up till March, and I'm like... See, that's too long. Okay, but it was pre-Carl <laughs> Wilson, so he wasn't there to, like, really stop it. Also, we took the ornaments off. We just left it as this, like, glowing oh, thing. a glowy corner. tree. <laughs> See, my birthday is January 6th, so I like to have it up until my birthday. Mm-hmm. Sometimes. Or right after New Year's. Either of yeah. the two. Yeah. And then I'm done. I don't like it up way after Christmas. But way before. Way before. That makes sense. Um, That's my thing. I I had, I made sure he said it while you were present because I needed a witness present. Carl and I are putting up our tree tonight. <laughs> so proud of you. And I made sure Kaylee was there to hear it so that I have someone where I can be like, someone else heard this. Yes. Like, this was real. You promised. And he's going to be happy about it. I know. That Just is, that really life. truly is bringing me the most joy right now. I love that. I'm so proud of you. Which... You know, another little tidbit. When I thought about, like, ideally, like, what really should bring me so much joy right now is, like, Russ's song is top 15 on the radio. Stop it. Oh, it's crazy. But, like, legitimately, 
it makes us no more happy than we were before. Hmm. So like, I can't fathom expecting this to make you happy. Like even, even when it's like super rewarding and even when he gets a number one, I'm sure we're just going to be like, awesome. Great. That's, that's great. Yeah. It's amazing. We're excited. We worked hard, but we feel like our emotions and our like happiness level is not any more than it was before. That is so important. That's yeah. so important. It's and it's so, it's so good for us. To I wish someone would have like, told us that. I'm glad we figured it out on our own, but yeah, like early. Yeah. It's so important to know that because that's so, like, a lot of the women in our community, something we talk about all the time, which we just need to have you around here more because I know you're so passionate about this, but um, one thing we talk about a lot around here is, like, singleness and dating and the kind of the process ramping up to getting married, and one of the things I say all the time is that marriage is amazing. Also, you, it does not complete you. No. Like, you do not wake up married going, well, there were all the missing pieces. No. Like, I never feel insecure. I never feel lonely. <laughs> I'm always happy. Like, things like that are not supposed to, like, losing weight doesn't actually make mm. you happy. It makes your dressing room moments, like, a little easier. A little like, yeah. yeah. Like, jeans easier to find. But it doesn't make you happy. Like, making more money doesn't actually make you happy. Mm-mm. Um, Which I feel like you and I can say because I think we made maybe... our first year of marriage. It's brutal. Yeah, it's brutal. Um, But like being able to pay your bills, really good. But also like having, you know, more money does not make you happy and success doesn't make you happy. Those things are not, not what they're for. No. And I remember actually the night after we got engaged, waking up and thinking the exact same thing. I remember waking up and being like, I'm so glad I wasn't expecting this to make me happier. I remember thinking the same thing. And I looked at my ring and I was like, that's really pretty. But I, I don't feel any different. Yes. I wasn't any more fulfilled or any more secure. Yep. Any more, and nothing. I was just, I was excited to marry Russ. But yeah. I was like, oh my gosh, if I would have thought, oh, when I get engaged, I'll be happy. I will have arrived. I call it, I call it, I'll be happy when syndrome. Yes. There's got to be a way to shorten that. But that's what mm. I call it. Like, Ooh. I'll be happy when I get a boyfriend. I'll be happy when I get engaged. I'll be happy when I get married. And then when that doesn't fill them, they're like, oh, maybe we should have a child. Yes. I'm like, no, 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 no. Put the brakes. Put the brakes. <laughs> That's a terrible thing to put on a kid. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Um, I think I actually did a whole talk about that earlier this year. And we need to shorten that because that would have made my talk a lot shorter. I'll be happy, I'll be happy one. Yes. I'll be happy one. Um, I remember waking up the morning after we got married. And I mean, it was, our wedding was amazing. Like, I don't even get started about the wedding night. Like, I mean, it was so special. Like, the whole thing was so special. And it was so special to be married to Carl. And, like, it was such a whirlwind and so beautiful and having all of our friends there. I woke up the next morning, like, totally just me. Like, totally Stephanie. Like, I was the exact same person I was the day before her, before I walked down the aisle. And, And I was, like, again, so glad that I didn't expect marriage to fulfill something. And I think that I was able to, like, I've been able to enjoy it more because I wasn't looking for it to do things it couldn't do. And same thing, I feel like with all these, like, being number 15 on the charts is amazing, but, like, you actually get to enjoy it when you're not like, wait a minute, why hasn't this silenced all my insecurity or fulfilled me to the top with joy or whatever? Um, Oh, man. So good. Um, Okay, my last question, and I know you have a good answer for this one. Um, Who's a woman that's been inspiring you lately? My girl, Krista Black, she, I actually don't even know a ton about her. I actually, she had a record out when I was in college and I used to listen to it. And I think it's just because Tyler, my brother, recommended it. And so I would listen to it and I used to love it. And then one time I was at church in Nashville and she got up to speak. 
And her view on God was so refreshing to me, especially coming from a highly religious environment. And just the experiences she would have with God and the visions he would give her and just how full circle his like stories with her were and how she saw him in everything. And then in turn, he really wasn't everything. Even like she has this crazy tragic story and how she handled it. And it's just so, so beautiful. And recently she's just got this boldness going on with her Instagram. (laughs) And she's just talking about being female and being a sexual being and being married and what that looks like and what it means to be a girl. And she's really inspiring me just because I grew up pretty traditionally. Like my mom stayed at home and worked. And I mean, while my dad worked and she raised all the kids. And if anyone ever asked me, I was like, I just want to be a mom. I just want to be a mom. And it was kind of ingrained in me, but I do really want that. And part of the reason I've worked so hard with Russell is because I do want kids and this has to be on autopilot. I can't be doing that. And we need to be in a place where we can have not just one bus, but two and have a crib. And that takes like all hands on deck. There's like a sense of urgency for us. And so anyway, she just explains like what it means to be like a good girl and that it's okay to have opinions if someone above you is oppressing you. And it is okay to be passionate and fiery and it's okay to be sexual and it's okay to be what, like the fullness of what God has made you as a woman. Like being a woman is one of the most fierce things there is, truly. Like we're passionate and we're excited and we're driven and we're all these things. And I feel like women have been stuffed into this box for so long. And I just love that she's having these conversations of things that I've thought that when I read it, I'm like, that's what I thought. But she articulated it. And I'm just so impressed by her. I love that. And uh, you inspired me. Are you kidding me? You are so driven. First, let me just brag on you for a second. Oh my gosh. So driven. Don't you dare cut this out. (laughs) So driven. And you don't just talk about doing things, which is my struggle. I just talk about it. And it like gives me this creative release. And then I just never do it. But you are such a doer, uh, i.e. podcast and Bible studies and book. And you're so good at seeing the golden people. You're so good at cheering other people on. And so kind, even if people are mean to you, you still only say kind things about them. I just love you. Oh, you're inspiring me too, Missy. I wish that would have been my first response. Oh no, but leave it as leave it as Krista. Okay, <laughs> thank you, friend. You're well, you guys, I'm so like, I everyone is just absolutely in love with you now. I know it. Um, I'm so glad that they've gotten to meet you. Well, I love you, you and, back. And seriously, you guys, I'll I'll link to Kaylee's information and like everything we talked about will be in the show notes so that you can watch her amazing work and Russ's video and so you can pick up yours, which is available right now. Um, you can see Carl Wilson's handwriting and That's Kaylee's right. photo and all of Russ's amazing songs and um, yeah, we'll link to everything. But Kaylee, thank you for being here. Oh my gosh, thank you so much for having me. I feel like we need to cheers our coffee mugs because coffee of Kaylee. You guys, isn't Kaylee the best? I just love her and I love this conversation. So many of the things she said have just stuck with me ever since we talked. And I'm really, really happy I got to share it with you. One thing I wanted to mention quickly is that I know we talked about a lot in today's episode. And so if you ever want to find the links to any of the things we talk about on the podcast, all you have to do is to go to my website. It's stephaniemaywilson.com slash blog. And for every episode, we have a blog post with all the show notes. All the links will be there for everything we talked about, including Kaylee's contact info so y'all can follow her and so y'all can be friends. The other thing I wanted to mention is that if you haven't had a chance yet, it would mean so much to me if you would take a second to leave us a rating and a review on iTunes. 
We've gotten so many amazing five-star reviews from y'all and you've left the sweetest comments. They have been so encouraging to me. Thank you so much for that. But really, even more than being so good for my heart, it really, really helps the podcast grow. So if you haven't yet, take one second and leave a rating and a review. It would mean the world to me. Friends, that's all we have for today, but I am so excited for everything we have coming up for you in season two. These girls' nights are going to be the best. So make sure you're subscribed wherever you listen to podcasts, and episode two will be downloading on your phone next Monday. I cannot wait. Guys, thanks so much for being here for Girls' Night, and I'll see you next week.